Welcome to Propagating Prosperity with LH. I'm Leslie Humphrey, and I am on a mission to help women believe in themselves, believe in success, and believe in ultimate possibility. I specialize in helping women marry the inner thoughts and mindset necessary to level up with the strategies and action steps to catapult growth. No longer do you need to hand over your power. It's time to lean in and choose your growth. Let's freaking go. Hi, friends. Today's episode is one that I have been looking forward to doing since the very beginning of my uh, podcast journey. And so it's with someone that I've had the pleasure of working with for over 13 years. Uh, I love her. I adore her. And I learn from her all the time. So I know you're going to as well. The guest today is Maggie Heft, and she is a mom to three little girls. She graduated with a degree in exercise science. She owned her own gym in Tampa, Florida, was a college basketball player. But for the last 11 years, she has been the top 1% of her network marketing company. And I can tell you, as I have worked alongside her, that she is that person that takes leadership as a very literal honor. She walks the talk. She always leads from the front. And man, does she inspire through her high standards for herself. I know that through the years that that we've spent together traveling, working together, uh, confiding in one another, all the things, one of the things that never leaves is that Maggie truly is to her very core, that high-performance woman. So without further ado, I cannot wait for you to hear more from Maggie Heft. I am so excited for this conversation. (laughs) I have been waiting to have you on the podcast since I actually dreamt the podcast up. And so because knowing that I am all about high performers and it's something I've been obsessed with um, and it's something that I know that the more you learn about high performance as a human being, you can't help but want to like, you can't help but get drawn into it. So Maggie, I, since the day I met you, I knew there was something really, really special about you. And so, you know, having worked together for so long now, what, 12 years, I think, is that what you said? Actually over 13. 13, 13 years. The last year has just, (laughs) anyway, having worked together for so long, uh, I will tell you from the first day I met you, I knew you were a person that was driven and that you were that high performance girl. And so I think as we get started, I have several questions, particularly that I want to go over. But as we get started, I think I want to ask you this. Do you identify yourself as a high performance woman? (laughs) That that question in itself can have so much pressure, right? Like, uh, but yes, absolutely. Um, I pretty much as long as I can remember, if I set out to do something, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it the best of my ability and work the hardest at it. And it's just always who I've been and um, how I was. And it wasn't even until I was much older that that was like considered a high performance attribute. It was more just, I thought that's what people did. You decide to do something, you put your head down and you do it. (laughs) Right. And that is absolutely how you show up for sure. Uh, So what do you feel like the hardest part is of being a high performer? And I know that that's kind of a loaded question because, right, like, I think there are some people who might be listening and think, well, I really want to be a high performer. So, I mean, why are you talking about what's hard about it? But I know in particular, as as someone that's worked closely with you, I know a very uh, challenging part of being that high performer from my observation with you. So what what would you say it is? I would say the high, um, the challenge of, you know, just identifying as a high performer is the pressure upon yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so when you identify yourself as like, I'm a person who's a high performer, to me, that's I'm a person who's going to be the best at it or work the hardest at it or be the last man standing. 
and it can be very, um, yeah, it, it can open a lot of doors to, you know, beat yourself up. Right. Mm. Um, and I mean, there's probably a hundred, there's probably 500 books on just the topic of high performance. Right. So I, I am far from an expert on it. I would say it is always a, um, you know, a mission of mine to show up as one though. So that, yeah, it's just the pressure upon myself, I think, yeah. you know? Okay. So what is the second hardest thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm goading you a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where you're going, but um, I would say the second hardest thing is not achieving, um, not being like doing everything I can and not getting to that place or where I think I should be the best or not getting the recognition that I, that I wanted or went after. So I guess the disappointment around mm -hmm. it as well, that, you know, when you're going after something, you got to, you're going to experience lots of disappointments or frustrations. And so feeling like you, uh, didn't get to where you had set out to go would be my second challenge yeah. or just tell me what it is. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, I mean, these are your top two. So I, I will tell you what I think one of the things is, but I want to, I want to stay on that for a second because, you know, we all face disappointments, right? Like if you are a, an ambitious woman, if you are someone who allows yourself to push and to go for things, to build new things, to start new things, start a business, all of that, if you are that woman, then if you're pushing yourself and putting yourself out there, you're going to have disappointments. You're not going to hit every goal. We know this. And if you are hitting every goal, then there's a problem. And we have coached on this, uh, that this was a, a period in your journey where uh, that was a, a lot of our conversation and you really did the deep, deep work to reconcile that place to be okay with, I'm not going to hit every goal. And, um, you know, you were a, an athlete growing up and in college and you were a high performance person. You were an achiever all the way. And so I think that there is a time for a lot of us where we accomplished a lot of really great things when we were a bit younger. And then you go into sort of the real world or into careers or businesses or whatever. And all of a sudden the achievements get a little bit higher and a little bit higher and you're, you're definitely not hitting them all. And so learning what to do internally to reconcile that is such a huge gift and it's a skill. Wouldn't you agree that it's not necessarily natural? No, I think, you know, when I, when you're talking everything that comes to mind in those lessons that I continue to learn and have learned along the way is that understanding sphere of control, you know, and the high performance, you know, as you do mature and as, you know, when you come out of um, being an adolescence and then out of college and then experiencing life, there's so many things that um, you don't have control over, but that can absolutely play a part in your endeavors. And that can be really hard uh, to reconcile, you know, is like how these disappointments can happen. You're like, but I did everything right, you know? And so I think that's where learning the skill would be um, sphere of control, the stuff that, you know, focusing on the, the controllables and really re realizing that that's a small part but willing to show up anyways and just deciding to show up at your best, even, even when you know you're never going to have that complete um, control. Oh, I <laughs> that love that. performer wants. <laughs> yeah, right? Because we want the outcome, mm -hmm. uh, right? The high performer, we want the outcome. And so knowing that, especially in, in the industry that you're in, that we're in, in network marketing, you know, you've got challenges, you've got trips, you've got rewards and bonuses and all kinds of things that you can achieve. Uh, and so as, as a high performer, that is the ultimate thing, right? To say, okay, yes, I can, I can check that box. I can hit that. But oftentimes you're not going to hit everyone. And knowing that when you are that person and you can truly focus on what you can control, on what you have uh, some sort of ability to just, this is, this is all I've got, this is my box and everything else is outside of it. Knowing that you're still going to show up for it, right? Because I feel like one of the things that we're facing today 
in the world around us after the last several years, we've gotten to a place where uh, so many people are not even willing to continue to show up or to show up if they don't know for sure that they're going to hit a certain level, a certain achievement, uh, a certain income, whatever it is. And in any arena, right? If they don't know that they're going to be the best or they don't know that they're going to get there, whatever their there is, they actually just shrink back. Yeah. That, that or um, for whatever reason, I feel a lot of the, the world feels like if they are going through those hard things that really mold us and make us and achieve, you know, to achieve along the way. But unfortunately, I find a lot of people take resistance as a sign that they're on the wrong path. <sighs> and everything we know as performers and, you know, go down the path least followed, like it's going to be... Uh, the hardest and it doesn't have to be hard to be good all the time that's that's not what I'm saying but we have to expect some resistance and that's what creates us in the overcoming and I just find you know um there we could go on and on and on over the last few years of what has happened to mentalities and even the stuff I myself you know that I've had to overcome and and distractions and disappointments and um you know the the uncertainty that we've all experienced but I just find that, you know, I still have that foundational belief that resistance doesn't mean that it's wrong. <laughs> resistance is just an opportunity to dig deeper, to grow, to pivot, but it doesn't change, you know, what those, like, what I would say, God-given, you know, dreams and desires are that are in your heart, you know, or the discontents that you, that you have, you know, it just means you might have to, to pivot. But unfortunately, I find a lot of people today, it's like, oh, this, this is hard. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not at the right place. I'm not even just talking about in our industry, it could be any job. It's like, wait, I have to do what? And it's, you know, nobody gets to start at the top, like none of us, you know? And so just, um, it's just an interesting, an interesting time, you know, that if you want to be a high performer, you have to be willing to start with the grunt work and, and work through it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And okay. So, you used the word resistance and in the context that you used it, it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, it was okay. When things get hard, when people feel resistance in their journey, so, so they start a business, they, uh, um, whatever it is and all, and they get going and it's harder than they thought. And it's not happening as quickly as they thought. And somebody, maybe their spouse or, somebody else says something, their sister gives them pushback and there's resistance in the process. They tend to kind of withdraw. I can tell you, I am the person that, and I'm not saying that this is a good thing uh, always, but I am the person that tell me I can't. And that that is like total gasoline to my fire. However, I think there's a diff, another kind of resistance as well. And that is people look at the, the journey and the challenges and they are resistant to working the challenges. That the hard work is supposed to be there. It's the analogy that I just keeps repeating in my mind is if you get on a bicycle and you're trying to get from point A to point B as quickly as you can, and the gears are very low and there's no resistance, you're pedaling wicked fast and you're not going very far quickly, right? Like that is a that you're spinning the wheels, but you're not gaining the traction because there's not enough resistance. Well, oftentimes I think the other part of resistance is not that the, the efforts in, in the journey are terrible, but that people are resistant to actually even engaging in the work. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, it's funny, you were using the bike analogy and I literally just got off my Peloton. Um, so I'm glad <laughs> this is like video or not video, right? <laughs> but 
Um, you know, and I was thinking, she literally asked on the Peloton, she said, do you like, you know, are you more of a speed person or a resistance person? And like a hill person. And I am like, I'm a hill person because I'm always watching that output. And when I am on the resistance parts, I always do more resistance than it calls for because I can, I actually feel so much more um, efficient, efficient with the <laughs> resistance. Right. So it's like almost understanding like that it's, it's a pathway, you know, to getting you to, to where you want to go. So that was my, my first thought is like, um, don't run away from the resistance. It makes you more efficient. It makes you, <laughs> makes you stronger, literally stronger, you know? in it, um, rather than flailing around, um, you know, but also just, yes, when people say you can't do it, that, that can be your fuel that you can, but I just think we're in this world where there's so much of like, you be you, but people don't even know what you be you, like, they don't even know who they are, or they don't even, you know, we don't even like ourselves, right, and we're being told to like, you be you, so it's like we're obsessed with this concept of like trying to find ourselves, and when we find ourselves, we'll be doing the perfect thing, and we'll know, and everything will just flow perfectly. And states of flow are real, but they never come without the resistance first, without the challenges, without the effort, without the work, without the overcoming, you know. And that's where we um, experience flow because then we have those shifts where things come together. Uh, we don't get to start in flow, you know, and so I think that we're just in this culture where it's really like, you know, I got to find my flow. And if it's not there right away, then it's a sign that it's, you know, it's not the right thing. Or when people are saying, you know, no, you're crazy or you shouldn't be doing it. It's just, I mean, we, we say this all the time, you get what you're looking for, you know, so if you're trying to avoid the resistance, you're going to hear and see um, you know, what everybody says or thinks, because it, it just fuels that, you know, that you're, you're trying to avoid it. I remember when I very, very first said yes to our business model, you know, and I had been totally anti-network marketing before that, but it was because I saw something smart about it. And then I just dug into it, like to learn about what it actually was. Cause I knew that like, really my opinions were just opinions that had been passed along and some negative experiences here and there, but I didn't really know much about it. So like, I, I just kind of dug into what it was. And then I was like, whoa, this is actually like really smart. Like, okay, this is a no brainer for me. And as soon as I had taken that time and made that decision there, when, I mean, some of the closest and brilliant people, you know, to me, like said to me, um, are you crazy? Like, are you going to be one of those people? Are you like, it didn't even phase me not because I was like, oh, they're so mean. Like I, it didn't even affect me because I just knew that I would have said the same thing if I hadn't looked, you know, into it first. And so it's just being willing to like explore things and making those decisions and going after them because then you, it's almost like you can, you're, you have the resistance, but it's just not the same effect as it would have been, you know, had if you hadn't made your own decision to start. Well, I think that I love, I love where this, went and I think that one of the things that stands well one of the things that stands out to me on this is that you trusted yourself and so as a as someone being in a position that is either working on being a high performer or is a high performer you have to have enough internal fortitude to say okay I'm a smart person I'm a capable person right and that you can truly stand on your own two feet with things and not in a way that's obstinate in a sense that well you didn't do your due diligence I mean our first conversation I want to say the first few minutes of it you were definitely a bit resistant to the conversation about looking into network marketing, looking into this company. And the interesting part of that was that you were open enough to the experience to say, okay, let me do some more, some more digging into this. And so you're strong enough to stand firm on what you truly believe in, but wise enough to be open to looking in the world around you, right? And I think that there is a really brilliant balance in that, in the high performer. And um, I think that in today's world with social media being what it is and 
literally information coming out of the mouths of anybody and everybody. I mean, anybody can start a podcast. <laughs> anybody can post on, on uh, social media. Anybody can put something in a search engine and people take the information as fact, right? And so it is, we're living in a time where I believe that so many people are just allowing all of the outside influences to come in and not actually trusting themselves for what they believe and what they want to achieve and what they uh, are capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the two things that come to my mind too, is I, me, me and my husband talk about this all the time, but we, you know, I believe one of the most important, like centralized traits to find any success is, and there's a book called everything is figure outable. And it's simply the confidence in yourself that you can figure it out. It doesn't mean that you go into things knowing everything, but exactly that I could have the confidence to be open enough that I could make a smart decision for myself and that I can start something because even if it doesn't go the way I planned or it worked out, I trust myself that I can figure it out. Like I'm, I'm never going to crawl up in a ball and just, Oh, that, you know, it's like, okay. So having that, that, belief that you can figure it out and hello information world like <laughs> that's also a great thing um right. I used to go, my mom is in town right now she's 70 years old um we lost my dad uh just a year and a half ago they'd been together for 40 years and she I call her she's a youtuber now like a youtube consumer not not that she's doing videos she she is on youtube and like doing projects around the house and figuring out how to like do a door frame and like, or, you know, and I mean, you name it. And I'm always mad at her, like hire somebody to do that. But it's just this, you know what? Everything's figure outable. Like this is the situation I am in. I don't want to wait on anybody. I can figure it out. And I just think that is such an important trait, no matter how big or small uh, the endeavor is. Like, I just, I love that, that concept for yourself. It's just having the confidence Maybe that you don't know it, but that you can figure it out, that you can figure, uh, you know, do it and that you can pivot. So the next point, you know, when it comes to just this information overload and all these people and we're just hearing everything is we kind of get entrapped in what our lives are supposed to look like. Mm. You know, we're, we've got so much distraction of like what we think our lives are supposed to look like and what you know, what we think would make us happy, but we're not even taking the time. And I've been in this, you know, that's happened to me plenty of times, taking the time to really identify what, you know, what I want or what I want my life to look like. And, you know, so when we allow so many influences, when we make a decision, Hey, I want to do this, or I want to start this, or I want to go after it. And we allow all those voices to come in and, you know, deter us where we're like, oh, you know, maybe it's not meant to be, maybe it's a sign that, you know, cause all these people think, you know, it's not smart or whatever. Um, you know, we can, we can listen, we can learn that's, that's true. But at the end of the day, like whenever we say all these people, like everybody has opinions, but is it, is, is their opinions in alignment with what you want your life to look like? I mean, at, at some point we all come to terms that life is short. <laughs> And that there's just so, um, there's so much that so much time that we waste and, and I'm just as guilty as, you know, anyone on that. And just being able to sit with yourself and think about like, what do I want my life to look like? And what am I willing to do to go after it? Mm. You know, I can figure it out. Um, I can dig in and I can show up for it, but I can't listen to these other people because ultimately like they're, they're not going to make my life look like the way I want it to. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just, you know, I think that's another really important trait is just making sure that like, if you are really clear on what you want your life to look like in your day to day and your mission and the things that, you know, are having the time and, and money or space to go after your mission, you know, that you can't allow people that aren't on board with that, or at least providing a path for you to deter you from Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So good. That's so good. Well, and so what comes to mind for me from that is this next thing that you and I have this conversation a lot and it 
And it's around the, the stigma of hustle culture. And while I am a firm believer that there is this, we have come out of this extreme, the season of extreme hustle, where it's at all costs, you know, hit your goals no matter what everything, you know, give it all up for you to hit your goals and whatever. And for us drivers, us that are truly high performers, um, and we were, we lived in that pattern for a long time or for a while, for a season, that can be a hard thing. What I feel personally, I have been able to do is really massage what you're talking about, the vision of what I want my day-to-day life to look look like. What am I working for? Massage that in the day-to-day and marry it with what is the ultimate impact and outcome that I want? Like I do have financial goals. I do have professional goals. I do have impact goals. And I'm not going to reach those goals by having this daily balance, right? I am a big, you guys hear me say it all the time. If you listen, balance is BS. Like it just is. There's no such thing. The balance of the day is not what the high performer is really looking at. Your life is seasons and your goals. You've got to focus on goals. You've got to focus on seasons to hit certain goals, to create certain momentum uh, influences right? To take you to the next thing. So we've, there's this thing around us and you and I, again, we've had these conversations so frequently about people pulling back from going for what they really want and literally disconnecting from what their actual desires for their lives are because they're afraid of being judged in this condemnation of working hard. Oh, how do I say anything <laughs> nice about that? Um, believe me, I um, I have definitely learned, you know, have been learning how much rest is important. So I know that there is a place, you know, that I've had the periods of my life where it's all hustle, 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 and then burnout, you know, and have learned the importance of rest in every aspect, whether we're talking about our physical bodies, our mental bodies, our spiritual bodies, everything. So believe me, trust me, I believe in rest. It is something I'm actively working on. Um, but this vilifying hustle, um, you know, be, you're worried about being judged because you're hustling. I'm sorry, but the person judging you, like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even understand that. Like, I don't care if somebody has a, that my hustle is making somebody else uncomfortable because it's not justifying their, whether it's laziness or, lack of drive or whatever, you know, like I, I could go on and on about that. Like what, you know, somebody who's, who might be judging that like, Oh, hustle. Maybe they're appearing that their life is like perfect with zero hustle, but I don't believe it. I, there's, well, there is no perfect, but I don't believe you can ever skip the hustle. Every worthy endeavor requires a hustle period. Um, you know, whether it is even raising kids, you don't get to skip it, right? You don't get to skip the hard work, like uh, whether it's going to school, getting a degree, whether it's a job, whether it's a career, a business, like, um, you know, uh, sports, um, fitness, you know, whatever goal it is that you have, you don't get to skip the hustle. Like, give me a scenario where you get to skip the hustle and you get to achieve anything. It does not exist. So I don't even think it's like really a topic of conversation. If someone's telling you not to hustle or you're hustling too much, just like hand in the face, like moving on, like what, what, what is it that you're, you're running for? And no, there, there is no such thing as perfect balance all the time. People know that now, um, there's seasons for things. It's funny. What came to mind was, okay. So, um, you've even told me I'm obsessed with this before, but like, I'm in fitness, <laughs> but I'm always like, man, her butt looks good. Or that person has it. Cause it's like, for me, it is, it is not the, the easy thing to build. Like Tony, my butt, like nice perky butt. Now I've had three kids in the last few years. Right. And I feel like that, that might be part of it. However, the, one of the authorities in the fitness world around the derriere and, or derriere and, and 
getting it nice and built, even himself has said, if you want that to be your focus and build it, it is impossible to have the rest of your body as tone and good. Like you can't balance and make, ah, like, that's yeah. your focus. Then you have to be okay with this time. That is your focus. And that other areas might not build up as much. And so it's that same concept of balance, you know, there's, if that's your focus, then let it be your focus, go after it, you know, don't worry about balancing everything, mm -hmm. you can have the next season uh, for, for those things. I don't know if that's a good example, but that's I love it. like, you, you can't, if you want to have a really, really, really nice, you know, booty, then I'm probably going to have to not focus so much on my arms, right? Or right. But your arms are killer. I mean, your upper body killer, you work so hard on it and it shows, but it's the great, I think it's a great example because people want perfection, right? Balance is this, this thing of perfection and yes, perfection doesn't exist and yada, yada, yada. But the other thing is, is that it's boring. Like imagine the perfect day with perfectly balanced rest and work and playtime and all the things every day, none of your big fulfilling things are going to happen in all of these little, small, balanced segments. Your high highs come from imbalance. Your greatest achievements come from imbalance, right? When you are with someone and all of a sudden you're like right there and fall like actually falling in love like typically that's a moment of imbalance that person is overwhelming in your mind you're thinking about them all of the time right you're like it's just different and we have vilified in or we have vilified imbalance mm -hmm. and as a person that is driven that seeks to really achieve the things that they have identified as really important as that human being. The imbalance in a season is completely exhilarating. Yeah, well, and I think sometimes you're forced into that, you know, when I, I think about how much I've strived for perfection in so many things, which that's just a miserable way of being, right? But nothing <laughs> like having babies will change that, it's, you know, right. having, having five and, and me having three, but like that, you know, it's just funny because the all the things that I tried to be so perfect at or be on top of, or assumed I would be as a mom, you know, you just got to throw it out the window because nothing will imbalance you more than you know, toddlers and newborns and, and everything else. And I'm sure it continues on as they get older. I mean, I, right. Like we could go on and on about that. And so it's just also just learning like, yeah, it's what those focuses are and that understanding that there are going to be things again, what we open this with, like the, your circle of control, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and being okay with just like, Hey, that's going to be set to the side right now, or that doesn't need to be perfect or again, like, what do I want my life to look like? What, what do I want to spend my energy on? And, um, just giving yourself, I've heard you talk a lot about this, giving yourself permission to get after it, to get after that thing that is important to you. And I think that per, that decision and then permission is allowed is what allows you to cancel out, you know, so much noise. Oh, oh I love that. I love that. Okay, so I have a couple of really specific questions for you. I want to make sure we don't run out of time. So, you know, being that person that goes all out with what, what she goes after, I mean, you know, I have been on many, many, many a vacation with you, and I cannot think of one vacation that you neglected working out on vacation. And because that is a priority for you, right? No matter what. Um, and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. Like not everybody has that philosophy and that's okay. The point of this conversation and where I'm going to take this, you'll see. But the the for you, that's a priority and that's a non-negotiable. And so knowing that, 
and knowing you had three babies back to back to back and you having them so close in age and not sleeping for so long, pregnancy, all of that. I know that there are days in your life and whether it's on vacation or in, in, in your own bed or whatever, where you are like, I don't want to get up and go work out at five in the morning, or I don't want, I don't feel like it. What does your inner dialogue sound like when you're trying to not show up, right? When you don't feel like it in the moment, what does your inner dialogue sound like? And what does it sound like to get you over the hump? Because I know that for you, you do end up showing up anyway. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that first and foremost, people ask me all the time, like even on you know social media, I'll get messages. They're like, how do you find the time to get to the gym? Or how are you so consistent? And I'm like, how do you not when you have all these kids? <laughs> like, this is my only chance. <laughs> different gyms that have kids watch. It's like, here you go. Now it's my time. So no, so that makes it easier. Um, and believe me, there are times where I, I'm like, I don't feel like, but that's just part of me growing and knowing that I need to listen to that. Sometimes there is a piece where I'm like, I need to rest today, but I know what your question is more about the times where I could, and it would be great for me mentally, physically, everything. But I'm in that moment of maybe on a vacation, add a little extra to drink or whatever. And just like, I don't feel like it. You know, those moments do creep up. But honestly, they don't come up much for me. And the reason why, the reason why is because I make the decision ahead of time. So I already know on a vacation where the gym is at. I've already made it in my mind that I'm going to go like at this time before breakfast or whatever. And when I think of my day to day in my life, I know ahead of time, you know, if there's different things on the schedule, then I know when I am going to go to the gym, even if it's not my optimal time. And sometimes it might be earlier. Sometimes it might be later, but I made the decision ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So if I know like tomorrow's crazy, so I'm going to do the 530 class or whatever, and that alarm goes off and I'm like, oh, you know, this is not the normal <laughs> right. time. When I am in those moments, because I made the decision ahead of time, the dialogue is very short. Mm -hmm. And I also love the whole concept. Um, what's the name of the book? Uh, 54321, Mel Robbins. Um, um, five second rule. Yeah, five second rule. Like, I just love that. Like, it's just five, four, three, two, one, just boom, out of bed. Okay. Once you're out of bed, it's over. Like it's done. So uh, the negotiating is way more exhausting to me, to be honest, the negotiating. So if you make the decision ahead of time, the inner dialogue doesn't need to be this big thing. Um, you know, if, if I'm in a place where there's a lot of inner dialogue, that means I just wasn't committed to it anyway. in the, in the beginning, <laughs> like it just right. wasn't a commitment. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this, this, doesn't need to be a long explanation, but what would you say to the person that says, but it's so hard for me? It's one of those things that. It, then I would, I'm a problem solver. Then I would say, okay, well, what's really important to you here? Like first let's, it's going back to making that, like taking the time to understand what is it that you really want? Is it just that you think you should be the person who goes to the gym every day? Or is it that you really have something you want to achieve? So let's get clear on that first. And then you can decide if it's worth it or not to, to do the work at it. And then once you've decided that it's worth it, now, please, for the love of God, let's make a plan around it. Because we all know winging it doesn't work. This um, is the language. Trying to fit everything in. <laughs> we all know when we're like, oh, you know, when I have, you know, money left over, I'll give it back. Or when I have time at the end of the day, I'll work on my business or I'll go to the gym later. Like 99.8% of the time, it doesn't happen. Winging it doesn't work. So if you've decided it's important to you and you have a reason, a motive, compelling reason for yourself that you're doing it, then just make a plan. So you've decided ahead of time. So you've just cut off the inner dialogue. And then if it's too much, pivot, 
You know, I don't know how many people go from zero to six days a week. I'm using the gym example. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, my background, I was a trainer and a gym owner. Like I would tell people, I'm like, just don't like, you don't need to let's start with two days a week and be happy there. Then let's go, you know, it looks different for everyone, but have a plan and then make the decision, you know, so that you're eliminating the inner dialogue. And then find the last point in that is it's never all or nothing, you know? So you, you didn't hit it. You, you screwed up. You missed it. You like, okay. So are you better off just stopping altogether or are you better off starting again? You're probably better off starting again. Like, you know, it's so funny how we get so caught up in that, but you're either going backwards or forward. So like, just let's go forward again. Ah. <laughs> uh. So good. So good. And, you know, being a business owner and taking that, I mean, you and I both tend to use gym and food analogies for a lot of different things. Uh, and so, but being a business owner, it's the same thing in business when you don't hit a goal or you didn't achieve what you wanted in, in the timeline that you wanted. Well, quitting, pulling back, stopping, evaluating, overthinking, overanalyzing, but not actually assessing, am I showing up? Am I actually showing up? A lot of times we are resistant to just showing up. We're too busy looking for results instead of looking at the quality of the work that we're doing. We're too busy evaluating the time that we think we have to put into it and not actually looking at the quality of what we're putting in, of what our actual efforts are. We're resistant to the actual work. And just like that person that says, well, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week and they go on vacation and the first day they sleep in. And so then the rest of the week, they don't go at all. This, this happens all the time. I, people tell me they do this all the time and it makes me laugh so hard. It's like, if you don't go that first day, well, it's all to hell. Like, forget about it. You failed. <laughs> it's such a crazy thing. And who's giving the grades, right? Like, like who said it's a pass fail? You know, and believe me, I'm the, I'm the first, I, I will be the first to admit there have been plenty of times that I've gone after something and been really disappointed or, you know, things didn't pan out the way I thought they should have panned out or, or could have or whatever, and have been totally just as guilty as any, you know, of pulling back or, you know, taking my foot off the gas because I'm just disappointed and I'm just frustrated, you know, and I think that's part of the human experience. The difference is that just willingness again to be like, you know what, I can figure it out. Like maybe I need to work on X, Y, Z or maybe, and just getting to that place, like the journey is never over. <laughs> like it's just the journey. And like you open this up as an, a high performance, we want an outcome. And that's probably the biggest thing to, you know, in my experience and in, in personal development life and everything in business, everything is just grappling with that. Like it's not actually just an outcome. It, it is that journey. And um, I would say it's almost, um, you know, it's a quality we should all have is just being willing to like dust ourselves off and, mm -hmm. and get back up. Even if we had a minute, a day, you know, months or years of where we allowed ourselves a step back, but, you know, are we willing to reevaluate and then go after it again? And I think that's where, where the greatness comes from. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent where the greatness comes from. I love that. Um, so we talked a little bit about this, but about what the gap is when somebody says they really want to achieve, like they want to hit six figures in their business or whatever it is. And they will then tell you that they struggle to actually follow through. And we touched on this in one capacity uh, where it is scheduling, right? Knowing, do, do I really want this? And, and a lot of times people say yes to things, um, without actually fully thinking, but, you know, for most people, obviously they are in a position where they've got to, they have to have an income, right? So you're either 
starting a business, working a job, whatever, uh, multiple businesses, whatever that looks like. And I, people all the time will say to me, you know, I really, really want this. And, and I'm obviously intentionally dragging out the word want, <laughs> um, but I just can't stay motivated and I just can't follow through. And so the high performance coach in me, the logistical says, okay, we start with the scheduling. And obviously that's, that's a huge part of coaching, uh, those logistics, but there's another side of that. And so for, from your view or your vantage point, what do you think the gap really is when someone says they want it, but they're struggling to follow through and show up for themselves consistently? Um, yeah, I, it, it really is just a lack of belief that it's possible because if you, you know, don't have follow through it's then you are, we all have distractions, but you're always going to allow distractions to, um, and excuses to, to win, <laughs> win the moment, win the day, because maybe on a subconscious level, you don't actually have belief that it's possible. And because when you 100% believe that every effort matters, even if it's not the perfect effort, even if the effort didn't go exactly, but that you believe it's still a step forward to that's ultimately going to get you to where you want to go, then you will keep stepping forward. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, hurdles don't become roadblocks. We've trained on that so many times over the years, you know, uh, a hurdle is something you just look past and you just run right over, but maybe sometimes you have to go underneath it or around it and you knock it down, whatever it is but you still have your, your eye on the end there. But if you don't believe that you're going to make it to that, that end point, that goal, um, have rock solid belief in that, then you won't follow through. And that's really what it comes down to is we have cracks in our belief. And the truth is, is if you can't get yourself to a place of rock solid belief, cause I've been there too, then guess what? All we've got to do is just bring down and, and change what our focus is. So it's not to say that that big dream that we have isn't possible, but it's okay to shelf it and to break it down to something that is possible that you know would be an achievement that would be closer and then let, so shelf the big dream and then focus on that next thing, whether it's, you know, in the next 90 days, whether it's the next month, whether it's the next day, focus on that so that you can build your confidence in your follow through. Because as you build your confidence and your follow through, then you start to form an identity that you're a person who does what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And that is, it sounds like a very simple thing. Do what you say you're going to do. But I actually remember the moment I learned that that was not a common quality. Mm -hmm. uh, and realizing that most of the world around me, just they don't do what they say they're going to do. And I believe the majority of that is because we have a lack of belief that we actually will or can do it. Mm -hmm. So we have to find the things that we 100% believe we can do and we will do it. Um, and just knowing like 99% of people don't have follow through, but it sure makes it a heck of a lot easier for you to stand out and get to where you want to go if you can make that shift and be the person who just does what they say they're going to do. And if you got shift, what, what that is, if your belief is lacking, then change the goal to something that you can be rock solid in, build that confidence in yourself and your follow through. Oh, I love it. Yep. And it, it's that self-trust, right? Learning, doing the things that build trust for yourself. I love that. Maggie, this conversation has been so awesome. And not only have I absolutely loved the last 13 years of us working together, um, but you know, knowing that, um, that every time we have a conversation, when we go back and forth, I think we both agree that we come out of it like, yes, really more and more connected. And, uh, you know, because, because we do, while we will each help hold one another accountable to the standards that we both have at the same time. It stretch, I, I know just working together with you, it stretches me and it is such a blessing to have had you on the journey and be in this with you for all these years. Last question. 
last question, which you've already said it in probably different ways, but it's one thing and uh, I want to hear it just straightforward. What is your superpower? <laughs> I'm just going to make it simple. What I just said, doing what I said I'm going to do. Um, it's again, I actually just thought people did what they said they were going to do. And I remember realizing that it was a rare quality. Um, but to me, that is integrity. Integrity is, is backing up. Um, and so I, I think everybody can have that superpower. It's not something that makes me special. We all can have it, but it's identifying it and owning it, you know? And so I own that superpower, like whether it's a little thing or a big thing, like if I say I'm going to do it, like, you know, Maggie is going to do it. Like, you know, it. like you don't question it because I will find every which way to make it happen. And I just won't say I'm going to do it if I don't believe that I will give it my all to do it. I just won't. I just won't say it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm just, but if I say it, if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And sometimes to a fault, you know, maybe it's time to pivot or change, but I already said it. So <laughs> great strength, greatest weakness, right? But that's in everything in my life, whether it's, you know, telling someone I'm going to help with something or any, any little thing or big thing. Like if I said, I'm going to do it, like I will do it. Mm. So, yeah. I would agree with that 100%. Well, thank you so much, Maggie. I feel like we could talk like a whole nother episode on, on performance and what it means to be a high performer. And you know, for those that are listening um, and thinking, I wanna be a high performer, I know that this conversation, there are so many nuggets that that you can take away with, take away from this conversation uh, to implement. And whether it's scheduling, deciding, uh, monitoring who you allow to speak into you, uh, five, four, three, two, one, go. Like there are so many nuggets in this. So if, if you're sitting on the fence as you're listening to this and you're thinking, I wanna be that high performer, I wanna develop self-trust, I want to go from, I really want to achieve or build the business or be top income earner or whatever. Uh, but man, I just struggle with motivation. I struggle with showing up. Uh, then go back through, listen, and take note because the things that Maggie shared, sh she has not just, she wasn't just born this incredible high performance person, although I do have a feeling she has some strong genes of, of certain things in there, uh, but she has truly developed the skill set over the years of how to show up, how to be a person of her word, and how to be a leader that leads by example, not just by words. So Maggie, thank you so much for being on here. And I cannot wait for everybody to share all their takeaways from this. And um, I will have your Instagram and uh, on in the links in the bio uh, so people can track you down on there. And we will catch you next time. Thank you so much, Leslie. And one of these days, you're going to let me interview you because I have had learned so much from you over the last 13 years and, and um, your audience needs to really just sit at your feet and hear so much. So, well, okay. I will take you up on that. I just, that just covered me in goosebumps. So thank you for that. And uh, we, we will set that up. Awesome. Thank you so much. Love you.